0: Hello, I'm Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church and today we're continuing our journey as we study the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and today we're looking at the faith of Isaac, Jacob and Joseph and what that teaches us and in each case in Hebrews 11 the Holy Spirit picks an incident from near the end of their lives to illustrate an important characteristic of the life of faith and basically they, they share three very similar things in their three stories but there's a common theme connecting these three examples because in each of these three Isaac Jacob and Joseph reveal faith's confession it's all about faith speaking faith blessing how faith conf- faith's confession overcomes opposing pressures um, faith overcomes the will of the flesh the will of man, and the sight of the eyes, by speaking faithful words. Let's look at the passage first of all in Hebrews 11, verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And then verse 21, by faith Jacob, who was dying, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. And then thirdly, by faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure, the exodus of the children of Israel, and gave instructions concerning his bones. So the Holy Spirit shone his light on three aspects of these three patriarchs. You see, faith, in each of them they blessed, they made mention. This is faith speaking. Faith based on the word of God also knows the power of words. You see, faith in God's word is released through words. God's word was originally on God's lips but we also need to get it on our lips and then it will be powerful in our lives. By faith we are to proclaim the promises of God. We are to prophesy things to come as Isaac did, uh, especially to the next generation. By faith we are to bless our children and speak God's promises over our children. So let's look first of all at Isaac. And here we learn that faith's confession of God's promise overcomes the will of the flesh. Uh, It says, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Well, this refers to the story in Genesis chapter 27 when Isaac on his deathbed, uh, it was time to bless his sons. And initially it seems strange that it says that he did this by faith, because if you read the chapter, it seems he was tricked into blessing Jacob um, instead of Esau. We need to understand the full dynamics of this situation to go back to the birth of these these uh, twins. It says uh, in Genesis 25 that the children struggle together within Rebekah. Isaac's wife, she said, well, if all is well, why am I like this? She inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. And here the Lord, who sees the end from the beginning, um, made his choice of the younger one, Jacob, over the older, Esau. And then it says that, um, she gave birth to these twins. One came out red; he, he was like a hairy garment all over. His name Esau. And then, secondly, just afterwards was Jacob, and uh, grabbing hold of Esau's heel. And uh, and so here we have these two, these two boys, that where they grew up. And, but they were very different personalities. It says that Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau. That's very important. Isaac favored Esau, the outdoorsman, because he ate of his, of his game. He was a good hunter, and he got a lot of food for Isaac. But Rebekah, on the other hand, loved Jacob. She knew that God had chosen Jacob. The key thing to understand is that although Isaac knew what the Lord said to Rebekah, that the Lord had chosen him to be the the, the leader, yet he naturally favored Esau because he was to look at. He was the stronger one. He was the hearty one. He was the outdoors man, the hunter. Uh, But Jacob was more of the quiet thinker. And so he favored Esau and I want you to see that the will of Isaac's flesh was to favor and give his main blessing to the elder the stronger the firstborn son Esau but the will of God was to bless Jacob and often the will of the flesh opposes the will of God and it's only by faith actually that we overcome the will of the flesh now the will of God was confirmed further when Esau sold his birthright as the firstborn to Jacob and we read that in Genesis 25:29, Jacob cooked a stew he was a clever guy was Jacob Esau came in from the field all weary and said to Jacob please feed me with your stew I'm weary and Jacob knew that his weakness and said well sell me your birthright as of this day Esau said I'm about to die here. He was controlled by the flesh, you see. He wasn't really about to die, but his flesh was, was dominant. And so he despised his birthright, because all that mattered to him was his flesh. So he said, I'm about to die. What's this birth, birthright? It has no value to me. And Jacob said, swear to me by God. We're going to make it official before God. And so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and then he ate and drank, arose, and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And I want you to notice that Jacob knew his brother was flesh-ruled and took advantage of that. Now, Jacob doesn't come off very well here, but ni- neither does Esau. In fact, Esau comes off worse because he did not value his divine inheritance, his firstborn birthright. He despised the things of God, counting the stew more important than that. And therefore, he disqualified himself before God. See, God from the birth knew the end from the beginning. He knew what he was like. And so, nevertheless, you see, despite the revelation at his birth, despite Esau selling the birthright, when Isaac was on his deathbed, he still favoured Esau and wanted to bless Esau anyway. And so we, here we see Isaac's flesh was actually opposing the will of God. Genesis 27 it says when it came to pass when Isaac was older and his eyes were so dim he couldn't see that he called Esau his older son and said to him my son and he answered him here I am and he said behold now I'm old I don't know the day of my death now therefore please take your weapons your quiver your bow go out to the field and hunt game for me and make me savoury food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die notice how Isaac's Himself is being ruled by his flesh, by his stomach. He's even using the promise of giving the blessing to get an extra good meal. And, um, and so he still wants to bless Esau, even though God has really made himself clear. The will of the flesh opposes the will of God. Well, of course, we know the story. Rebecca was listening. She concocts a plan. She tells Jacob to impersonate Esau and uh, to get the food together. And to cover himself with a hairy uh, clothing and go in to, and pretend to be Esau and get the blessing. And that's and then Jacob obeyed his mother in that. And he went in to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who am I? Who, who are you, my son? It seems like Isaac's a little bit suspicious. Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done what you told me. Please arise and eat of my game and that your soul may bless me. And Isaac said to the son, how, how come you did it so quickly? And he said, because the Lord God has brought it to me. And so he is convincing his father. And then Isaac feels, and he says, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And it says, a kind of summary statement, he did not recognize him. Because his hands were hairy, like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He, he ended up blessing him because he th- thought it was Esau. Now, the, the verses go on, verse 24. Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, bring it near to me and I will eat my son's game that my soul may bless you. So he brought it, he ate, and he drank. And then the father, Isaac, said to him, "'Come now, kiss me, my son.' He came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, "'Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed.'" I want you to notice, again, Isaac is still being controlled by his flesh, by the smell, by the food. And then he gives the blessing in verse 28, the blessing of Abraham, God give you the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. Let nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you. Blessed be those who bless you. The blessing of Abraham. And now it gets interesting because here comes... Esau verse 30 now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father that Esau his brother came in from his hunting he also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father let my father arise and eat of his son's game game that your soul may bless me and his father Isaac said to him who are you and so he said I'm your son your firstborn Esau and here's very interesting in verse 33 It says, then Isaac trembled exceedingly. And literally in in the Hebrew, it's he trembled with a very great trembling. He was shaking all over as he realized what had happened. Now, we may speculate what he was trembling about. I believe some of his trembling was no doubt fear of Esau's angry reaction. I'm sure Esau could be a very angry man. I know Jacob was in fear for his life uh, for a time after that Um, and so some of that fear was that but I believe mostly it was a reverential fear of God at this moment he perceived that God had overruled him the desire overruled the desire of his flesh he wanted to bless Esau and and he must have known it was really God's will to bless Jacob although he couldn't really understand that because Esau was the man and yet now it was so clear that God had overruled this desire. He suddenly, suddenly he realized, he heard from God, that actually it was God's will to bless Jacob. And these events helped to see him see past his natural desires to realize God's will in this situation. And that he realized in following his flesh, he'd been fighting God. We see that in what happens next. That's why it says, by faith he blessed Jacob. We'll see that faith in action now because now he's heard from God. Now, by faith he submits to God's will in the matter. And in verse 33 it says, he trembled exceedingly and then he said, I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. I want you to notice something here because based on the deception, Isaac could have revoked the blessing. If it was illegally wrought, he could have revoked the blessing and said, no, Esau's my firstborn. He is the one for to be blessed. But instead, he didn't do that. He affirmed and he confirmed it because he knew now it was the will of God. I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. He declared it, I believe, again and again. He refused to undo it because he knew the will of God. Now he spoke it forth by faith. I have blessed him and he indeed he will be blessed and he by these words he didn't just overcome the voice of his own flesh which favored Esau but the Esau's forceful pleading because here we read that Esau puts enormous emotional pressure on his father to change his mind verse 34 when Esau heard the words of his father and this is his favorite son this would have been heartbreaking for Esau he cried with an exceeding great and bitter cry and this isn't the kind of guy that cries easily And he said to his father, bless me, me also, oh my father. And and Esau starts pleading and weeping and piling on the emotional pressure on his father to change his mind, to revoke and to give him the blessing instead. And Hebrews 12 comments on this in verse 16. Esau's attempt to regain the blessing, it says, don't be a profane person like Esau. A profane person is one who does not value the things of God as holy. Who, for one morsel of food, sold his birthright. You see, that was a transaction. Esau should have known that. But for you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, this was at the deathbed, he was rejected. His father rejected his pleas, for he found no place for repentance. It wasn't that Esau couldn't repent. Repentance means the change of mind. He could not change his father's mind. He couldn't make his father go back. Even though his father wanted to bless him, even though all the pressure from Esau wanted to change the father. The father did not change his mind, though he sought it diligently with tears. This would have gone on for a whole period of time. Immense pressure on Esau's flesh to cave in, uh, on Isaac's flesh to cave in, desperately trying to make him change his mind. And this would have been a massive, sustained, heartbreaking, emotional appeal from the favorite son. But Isaac did not change. Because he knew God's will now. He held fast his confession. He said, I have blessed him and he shall be blessed. He held fast to the word of God and declaring the confession of God's promise, even against the desire of his flesh. You see, by that confession, he overcame the flesh. And this is what we learn from the f- when it says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob in the face of the pressure of the flesh. His flesh and Esau's flesh. He gave Esau a blessing, but not the main blessing. And so Isaac's faith shows us that faith's confession of the will of God, the blessing of God, overcomes the will of the flesh. That's the first one. Now we need to move on to Jacob, you see, (coughs) because Jacob, by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Jacob tells us that faith's confession overcomes the will of man well let's go to Genesis 47 when this event happened it says when the time drew near that Israel that's Jacob must die he called his son Joseph and said to him now if I found favor in your sight please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me please don't bury me in Egypt Letting me lie with my fathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you've said. Then he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. And so Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. Now, Israel means God is prince. And it says he bowed. In Hebrews it says he worshipped. He bowed his will to God. And here it said he was leaning on the head of a bed. That's a mistake made by the Mazarites, who originally the scriptures in the Hebrew only had consonants, no vowels. And the Mazarites added in the vowels. And it just so happens that the word bed and the word staff have the same consonants. And they decided it had to be bed. But actually, it should have been, they should have added in the vowels to make it read staff. And the New Testament corrects that mistake. It says that he worshipped leaning on the head of his staff. He wasn't lying in bed. He was standing up leaning on his staff. This is very significant, you see, because this points to a significant encounter, the life-changing encounter in Genesis 32, when God dealt with this, uh, rather a strong-minded man, Jacob, uh, to surrender and trust God. And uh, at Peniel, he he struggled with the angel, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ, all night. He had been Jacob, one who stood and tried to manipulate and control things in his own strength. And God had to weaken his natural strength by touching him in his strongest muscle in the thigh, and put it out. And as a result he now had to cling on to Jesus and lean on him and he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And Jesus said, I now call you Israel because now God is your prince. You've now submitted your life to God and now he was called Israel. From that time on though, he had to lean on his staff because it was a constant reminder of that occasion of being weakened in his flesh that he couldn't stand in his own strength, he had to lean on the Lord. And that staff came to represent the Holy Spirit, that he constantly had to lean. So when it says he worshipped, leaning on his staff, it's a picture of true worship, not self-willed, but his will submitted to God, trusting, leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's in that attitude that he blessed Joseph's sons. That's what we see in the next verses now in Genesis 48 it says that when he saw Joseph's sons he said bring them here Joseph took them both Ephraim who was the youngest with his right hand towards Israel's left hand and Manasseh the older with his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him in other words he positioned him so that the older son would get the blessing of the right hand which is the major blessing and the younger would get the left hand blessing the younger one and then it says Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head knowingly for Manasseh was the firstborn and he deliberately crossed his hands you see so that the younger one got the greater blessing and the Bible says he did this by faith because God told him he as he worshiped God God had shown him what to do and he obeyed even though he knew Joseph would not approve He had to overcome the will of man that was represented by Joseph. And he blessed Joseph and the children. And when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, the younger, it displeased him. And he took hold of the father's hand. He literally took hold of it to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to her father, Not so, father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. And the thing to emphasize here is the will of Joseph was strong. This was a man with great authority. This was the second most powerful man in the world. He was a strong leader, highly respected. No one said no to Joseph. No one withstood Joseph. So when Joseph said not so, that would normally be the end of the argument. But Israel had heard from a higher authority, from God. And by faith he submitted to the word of God and overcame the word of man. It says that his father refused, and said, I know my son. He will also become a, a people, and will also be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed will become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, by you. Israel will bless, saying, may God make you as Ephraim, and as Manasseh, and thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And I want you to see here the strong will of man in the face of Joseph, saying, you shall not do this. But he had heard from God, and he spoke the will of God. He blessed the younger in faith, not the older, in the face of the will of man. What does Israel's faith show us, Jacob's faith? Faith's confession of the will and the blessing of God overcomes the will of man. Then finally we see in Joseph that faith's confession overcomes the sight of the eyes. Hebrews says, by faith Joseph when he was dying made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. And you know during Joseph's time the tribes of Israel had come and settled in the best part of the land of Egypt They were favored, they had it good. By the time of his death, they were well established. In the natural, it seemed they'd be there forever. They had no reason to go anywhere else. But Joseph was a man of faith, and he knew the promises that God had made, that Israel would return to the promised land and dwell there. And as a teenager, he'd been cast out of that land. His life had been in Egypt. That was The sight of his eyes said, Egypt is all there is. But at the end of his life is revealed where his heart really was, in the promises of God. He remembered the promise of God, and he declared the promises of God, and it overcame the sight of his eyes. Joseph said to his brethren, I'm dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, to the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, surely God will visit you, and you will carry up my bones from here. Isn't that interesting? This request to take his bones into the promised land was his confession of faith, that the promise of God was coming to pass and that he identified with the people of God and not with Egypt, even though he'd lived there all his life, even though that's all he saw with his eyes was Egypt, yet his heart was with the people of God and that he wanted to travel with them, even if it was just his bones, he wanted to travel with them to their destiny. And putting this obligation on Israel also made sure that the future generations remembered this promise. And so I want you to see that, by faith, Joseph saw beyond the sight of his natural eyes. He only had seen the temporal riches of Egypt. He saw the future fulfillment of the promise of God. He, then he released his promise by speaking the promise. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. By faith, he spoke the promise. It was faith's confession. That overcame the sight of his eyes, you see. By faith, he spoke the will of God in the face of the sight of his eyes. Ninety years he'd been living in Egypt. And by so doing, he overcame that power of the sight of the eyes. Joseph's faith shows that faith's confession overcomes the sight of the eyes. You see, likewise, what you see with your eyes in your circumstances right now can seem so real. It can seem so permanent. And it can be hard to see how God's promises, how God's destiny could possibly come to pass because that's all you've seen. But like Joseph, the answer is this. We can remember. We can meditate on the promises of God. And then by faith, we make mention of them. We declare them. And by expressing our faith, our faith's confession will overcome the sight of our eyes. You see, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, they show us that by faith we overcome the will of the flesh, the will of man, and the sight of the eyes by remembering and then speaking the word of God. Isaac had to overcome the will of his flesh, and he did it by saying, I bless. He spoke the blessing that God told him to speak. And then Isaac and then Jacob Israel spoke the blessing as God commanded him to do so, despite the will of man coming against him in the form of Joseph. And then Joseph himself made mention of the promises of God on his deathbed, Uh, despite the fact that all he could see with his eyes was the opposite. He made mention and he declared his faith and he overcame the sight of his eyes. He declared what his heart believed and that became established. And so your faith's confession is powerful. It will overcome all that comes against you from the flesh, from man, from the sight of your eyes. Amen.